Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. circus-like and a great deal of fun. It just must be another episode of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Hello, I'm Nikki Dakota, your host. A real pleasure to be here, and I mean it, in the studio live. She means it, George. She means means it. It's been way too long. It has been way too long. It's so nice to be back uh, with my very favorite film guys, and I'd like to introduce first my very favorite of my favorite film (sighs) guys, and it is Storyboard Dollars for the Coen Brothers for... um, Too long. Very long time. Too many years. I can't even count them <laughs> and many many but it's other good films good years well. they were really good years Fabulous everything's been years. good yeah great and uh, we're so proud to welcome storyboard artists to all the big stars and our very good friend mr j todd anderson j todd welcome always my pleasure nikki secret decoder ring also live and in the flesh in the studio my favorite film guy of the favorite film guys and the largest <laughs> frame brain wait a minute you can't bifurcate your friendship <laughs> right in front of us hey watch your phraseology <laughs> Everybody's my favorite, and it is so good to see you live and in person, and we welcome the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress. He's our friend, and he's George Willem and George. Hello, and we're here for another fine mess. Yes. (laughs) Which, uh, actually, uh, well, I I don't know. This is another one of those that I come down just a little bit askew from where the film guys come down, but we'll... uh, And we have a diverse, diverse radar plan form here for our perfect movies. And um, this is no exception. In fact, this is one of the reasons that movies are kind of what they are nowadays because these guys were so successful as to comedians. And when we say these guys, we simply must be talking about not... George and Jay Todd! <laughs> the other, the next funniest guys. Right. The second funniest guys in, in the world, history. Ron Hardy! <laughs> Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. From their 1933... Actually, 32. 32. I was mistaken. Okay, 32. 1932 classic, The Music Box. And this it's is our first Laurel and Hardy minutes. endeavor I'm together, isn't it? a 30 minutes short. Yeah, think of it. The whole film, uh, under half an hour, and deemed by our film guys to be oh, perfect. Oh, man, this is a perfect movie. In it's every just... way. Well, I have some thoughts on that, well, for, and I'm going to share. Um, for, for Laurel and Hardy, it's kind of hard. There, there are several of them that we could have chosen for this one. But this one is is a big one, and as we'll get into it, was it was the one time they were nominated for an Academy Award for their work. So. And it's a very, very... Um, it's a good primer. It is a good their, primer because this is atypical. Camera. You can get a, a huge amount of Laurel and Hardy in just 30 minutes on this, and this will kind of get you going as a fan. You will start... If you watch this little film, it's easy to get. You're going to get kind of hooked on these guys, you know. It's real easy. Well, as a, as a primer and as our first uh, official uh, partaking on Filmically Perfect, it's also important to remind everyone that these... These perfect films are not just something that comes to the gentleman in dreams. It has to pass a very strict set of rules. And, gentlemen, yeah, um, and these Budansky's rules Yeah, but been are... honest lately to make sure that we emphasize that the music box creates the world that it exists in. And it wholly sustains that world. And regardless of changes in society, the music box retains its meaning and entertainment value. And the music box will never be placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. It is perfect within its own scale. 
within its own scale. And rule number five, if Nikki doesn't care so much for it. <laughs> we do that with a lot of passion. No. And love. There's love in that right. Yeah, here's a love one. Here's a love one. <laughs> Ooh. So this movie. Way. Hey, this you know, we forgot to tell the audiences out there that we've been away for a while, and we have a new and improved digital sound system, which is called Ultra Ultrasound. Is that how yeah. I can get this raspberry in stereo? That's why right. it sounded so much better. Watch. We're going to stay silent for just like three seconds. You're going to hear the difference in sound quality from the last show, and we ask you to just compare it with the last show we did. Ready? Here we go. That is the crystal clarity crystal. sound of ultra ultra sound. The clarity that was um, silence of amazingly ultra, ultra sound. amazingly lifelike silence. <laughs> I, I almost believed. I it. almost felt I was there. It's digital. It's so clean. Digital silence. It's so clean. You didn't hear anything in there. It's Nothing. the it's the it's silence so of zeros and, and that is a, that is a patented oh. frozen turkey radio uh, device now. And, I see. And we hear. <laughs> That Budinsky's going to try and sell it to Wiso. I just can't help you know. but feel that would this uh, be just 80 years earlier, we really would be. You two really actually <laughs> would be Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> That's a fine mess you're going to put us into. you got a good stick. This movie, despite the fact that it is all about moving a huge object, they call it music box, yeah. which maybe uh, we can figure out if that was what people called pianos back then. Well, George should give us one of those incredibly thorough rundowns that he gives of all the movies, all the perfect movies. Well, in this film, this short film, oh, uh, we forgot our music. Laurel and Hardy uh, try to carry a piano up a flight of stairs. How about that? That's it. <laughs> That's really the sum total. Well, of run it. the music anyway, then. What music are you talking about, Jayton? Well, our, we we prepared. Well, we did we, that. We, no, we did. Did that we run? Yeah. Our movie? Okay. Yeah, we sure I've been did. away from this microphone. Too yeah, long. but we're so glad to be back. And oh, so man. what we do now? Remember back back when we used to do this regularly? We would start out with uh, George giving us the. Yeah. I think the reason why we're thrown off is that it's just so simply short. Mm-hmm. The, they, the 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 rundown of the action is the. Characters move a piano. Delivering a piano. Now, we did do one of our personal favorites, Ake and Every Steak, which uses stair steps that are not too far away from the stair steps in this uh, over at Silver Lake. And you mean it like literally? I mean, that is to say that they're in the same neighborhood. You can stand on one set of stair steps and see, look down on the Warren Hardy stair steps from the Three Stooges stair steps. They're very close by. Um, But the Three Stooges stair steps were were a little bit taller. Um, they used a far more French da-da gags than are used in, in We were talking about that because here. at first I thought, oh, well, we've already done this, guys. We've already done this. But just as soon as they show the stairs, and they're moving a piano in the other one too, correct? No, it's ice. No, they're taking ice. ice. There's ice the, well, there's the one part where they take the, the ice refrigerator, <laughs> the ice box, down and put the ice in it and then and carry then the ice it. box up. And then it falls down the stairs. And they take it to surrealistic kind of range perimeters where Lauren Hardy just know how to put that deft touch of, of, of torture on you when you watch right. this movie. Well, and it's a very, I mean, the, the, the story is very pure. It's, you know, it's them it's and the mundane. piano. It's just, it is, yeah. it's very, it's not at all sort of bizarre as you were talking about the other one. It's very mundane. It's just the, the right. literal physical struggle. And, and that is for me anyways, and probably for a lot of other Laurel and Hardy fans is what makes their best films so good is it's just, it's them 
versus a piano. It's them versus a sawmill. It's them versus a boat. It's them versus, you know, it's just them up against some immovable object and how they try to work it out. Later on, they tried to expand, you know, the the, uh, the producers would try to expand them into like some costume epics and and add love story interest and those are eh. they have little bits that are good and the boys themselves have some bits that are good but then there's all this singing in between so it's thankful we have dvd now where we can skip by all that crap and go right to the good laurel hardy stuff (laughs) but you know uh, in this picture here you're going to see why these guys are who they are because they're not going to even let a piano upstage it, and they put it in a box. And all you hear is little ching chimes of piano keys flopping around. Um, we have some B-roll. Yes, we do. We'll play the piano drop. This is at the beginning of the film. They've 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 started a company, Laurel and Hardy Transfer Company. Transfer Company, which and is they hilarious. are for they three dollars and what is it? Three dollars and eighty cents. Um, so they have arrived to to take this piano up to this house, and they are trying to get the piano off the back of their wagon. Just a moment. This requires a little thought. Now ease it down on my back. they get up they hit the stairs it's like the man. first five minutes well and the, sadly the one thing you can't see since this is radio is the fact that you know as ollie is waiting for stan to lower the piano onto his back which of course is a questionable idea to begin with their horse sort of gives a knowing look back and which then, has the longest face of any horse in any movie and the horse like takes about three steps forward so the piano falls off the back of the truck and it looks like he ollie. really does i mean i said it looks like that's really him and george is like yeah that's that's yeah. actually those guys are very physical comedians and uh, it's a wonder they lasted as long as they did because they were so physical yeah and they're always falling down or this is like a death by a thousand cuts comedy that's what you know well, and of course you know, a lot of thanks to the uh, to Hal Roach's sound department for adding all the wacky sound effects as the piano falls because the piano I'm sure doesn't make doesn't quite a whole sound. lot of noise but the bells and clanking of the of the piano adds to it you know one of the, one of the conventions in this in Laurel and Hardy's comedy, and this is uh, what a lot of people have a hard time mastering because it takes a lot of patience, is the what we call a classic time-honored cut. There's a really great cut, and this is a really good example, where they knock this guy's hat off. And it goes all the way. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way down the steps. You're at the high part of the steps, and you're looking down on the streets, and this, this hat does this amazing kind of jump down the steps over and over again, and then it rolls into the street, and a truck rolls over it. Yeah. Well, you it's are, all one shot, right? And it's all you're done in one you're held by this amazing piece of cinema for as long as they want to hold you, and that's why they call it a time-honored. 
And the steps on this movie here really show you the beauty of great time-honored comedy in this show. And that's... It's very funny and everything, but there's some very sophisticated stuff. Well, and it, timing is timing is the whole issue, especially with like the hat gag, because I can't think of a director today who could be able to take the time to let that hat go all the way down to the street and then the truck run over it. I mean, you know, you know that a director day would be aching to do a cutaway. Oh gosh! Oh yeah. But what makes it even funnier is that the fact that it goes all the way to the bottom of the stairs and then the truck runs over. And it. it's like, I mean, and it's, it's perfectly like timed. Perfectly eight. timed. And you don't know how many times down. they had to shoot that before they got it. You have to imagine they, they had a fan that was blowing it straight down the middle. It would not surprise the... me if they even had it somewhat like a marionette where they had it on a wire or something I, I could just see nowadays it, it would take strings in and they would try it and then they would well, digitize it. Well, they do it all it would yeah. never have the fluency. Right. That, one of the other elements of timing in this movie, and, and it's very apparent when you can watch them, is, is how these guys know they gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Stan Laurel will stand down at the bottom of the steps and he'll say, when the cop's talking to him he'll say um uh, he doesn't want to talk to me and he'll take a breath and he'll keep it as long as he, he wants to talk to you he'll put this huge actually, break in his sentences yeah and he's got you i mean that's the way those guys work they know that just their chemistry and their technique they've just got you let's hear yeah, it yeah we do have a little go ahead yeah, that what i don't want you i want that other monkey You can just see by the way they communicate with each other that once they have you, they're in their oh. own piece of like, he doesn't get it the second time. And then he, <laughs> and then as we see, everything just builds to this total calamity of everything falling apart. It it's, was a good shot. It was a whole, the whole thing. You're, and you're very right that he, uh, he grabs you and takes his time. And you even hear him <sighs> between the lines. Uh, you're listening to Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. And the film guys have chosen this 1932 Laurel and Hardy classic, The Music Box, as a perfect film. I tell you what, I don't, I don't see this movie as perfect because I'm, I, I find myself reacting the same way I did to the Three Stooges movies that the two of you like so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we were watching it together just now, and you two laugh. Out you're loud. wrong. You're just out wrong loud, about like so much. You just you're. We love them. Right. Well, You've I think seen you need... this movie dozens and dozens of times, and you still laugh yeah. out loud. It's well, wonderful to watch. It's a character driven. I mean, how many people can you sit there and watch them once and almost draw their caricatures on a napkin? Any right. child could do it. And as I find with so many of the the Laurel and Hardy fans, and and I know a lot of them, um, that the, they watch the films over and over again, and the comedy, the laugh for them comes 
because you know what's going Aww. to happen. You know what's like, you know, when you hand a baby to one of those guys, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> or a pen, as we saw in this or, or the, fountain a pen. pen. Yeah, the ubiquitous fountain pen gag. I knew one. They hand it. I mean, there, there's one of them that is one of my absolute favorites uh, called They Go Boom. It's one of their very first talkies. It all takes place in one room, basically. Um, Ollie has a cold, and Stan is trying to cure him. And it's just them. I mean, it's just the two of them bandering back and forth. And it's hysterical. You know, like I said, the ones I've always liked the best are the ones that's just them. Them. Because they work together. Now, George. George happens to be a member of a very, very glorious society known as... The Sons of the Desert. And I think we spoke about this. And they meet frequently. I mean, those guys are ardent. When we reviewed... They meet... Uh, did we speak about this when we reviewed the the other Three Stooges, or is this a Laurel and Hardy? This is a Laurel and Hardy group. It's named I can after. Them with those. Yeah, it's named after one of their films. That's also on our list. Yeah. We hopefully we'll get this to it. This is at a some primer. Point. We're going to get you started so you can and, see. And uh, Sons, Sons of the Desert is arguably their best feature length film. It's a they're allowed more story, but again, it's them. Yeah. It's not. It's not a costume epic. It's you know. It's just them. Being themselves, and it's got a, it's got a pretty good story to it, you know. Even though I found this a little bit hard to sort of really suspend disbelief for it, at several occasions in this, I do have to say that, uh, and part of their beauty and their attraction, how mm-hmm. they just the two of them can sustain a scene, is that they have what I've learned uh, from watching W. C. Fields from you, George, that there's a certain ballet of movement that is involved, and I'm suspecting that it all goes back to. The vaudeville and yeah. the when it was Stan, and the doc. You'll see them. Talking. You'll see them when they ply each other. There's a beat usually in the mm-hmm. signal or message they're sending, and then there's a reaction. And because these guys are so easy to read, you know what's coming, and you expect it, and it happens, and it's always funny. Um, <laughs> see, and by the time they made this film, both of them had been in show business in one form or another for probably almost twenty years, and, and apart and originally, apart, and then brought together um, later on by and, someone quite notable. Well, by suppo- arguably, or, or you know, legend has it by Hal Roach himself, which makes sense because he was their boss. And Hal Roach, Hal Roach, a producer. Um, he did the Little Rascals. Did the Little Rascals. Mm. Uh, did Charlie Chase series. Did Thelma Todd and Zasu Pitts. And one of the most so he, prolific. Comedy producers in Hollywood. He right. also did some serious movies. But yeah, he did uh, The Mice and Men and Topper. Was uh, Laurel and Hardy then kind of the g- genesis of this buddy comedy, this sort of... Oh, no, there were there were others. So there, always, there were, through there, time. Yeah. Back to they Roman were the ones time, that so had the right. strength and the, the ability to always come through. I mean, their yeah. stuff was always consistently good. Well, because of Costello and Abbott. Abbott and, that, was, uh, we, yeah. that was a long time after this. And Fred and Barney, you know, much later. <laughs> it wasn't that a play on the a continuation of the yeah, play on that much, sort yeah. of buddy yeah, yeah. comedy. But yeah. then, for them, it was much more the Flintstones. More... You mean like Obama and Biden? <laughs> oh, well, that's a good one. That's uh, real good, there. That's real good. The Flintstones actually so many takes, takes or more Bush of it. And, uh, um, what was his sidekick's name? Uh, Hardy. Cheney. So... Bush and Cheney. <laughs> There's a comedy team there. Boy. Sorry, George. Okay. I maybe forget what I was going to say. It was very important. So we important. were talking about the, uh, the history of buddy comedies and the notion that uh, there's something in the dynamic, the interplay of two known... Uh, right. I mean, parties. there were there were other teams early on. There's like Ham and Bud, but you see like one Ham and Bud and you've seen them all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy, especially Stan Laurel, because his comedy background from the British Music Hall stood him in really good stead. And when they became a team... Stan was the one who stayed after work 
and actually worked on editing, worked on gag writing, worked on building the story, you know, making sure everything worked right. When five o'clock came, Ollie was like, see ya. And he would head off and go <laughs> golfing or go to the horse track, you know, or something like that. I mean, he did his work and he was really good at it, but he wasn't a technical guy like Stan was. And he, he was, I think he was perfectly happy to let Stan do the work to put the films together and make sure that they were right. You're listening to Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, and we're talking about the music box, uh, early uh, talking film for Laurel and Hardy, right? They've, they'd had many, many films up to this point, but... Right. Actually, this is, they're pretty well established as talking by this time. Their first talkie was in 29, so this is like two years into making talking films. Yeah. And uh, it is uh, perfect by by account of the film guys, and I have to say, the only problem I have is about um, sustaining the world. Certainly it creates it. I, I buy that the transfer company is taking the music box to be delivered up the flyers but we didn't even tell i mean but that world is a set of steps and it's a gauntlet they have to get to the top and then what do they do when they get to the top instead of going from the front door they block and tackle the piano up into another world which using is the a, house. a balcony and canopy, bring, which is not even sturdy yeah i mean this whole thing that's why it's it's a total escape because you you cannot sit there and not watch this movie even if you don't like it i think that you'll have to watch it well for rule number two about sustaining the world uh that that's where it kind of drops out for me because i i feel like i am anticipating it and i'm expecting the next setup although i do appreciate george that you say that even for example, the fans of Laurel and Hardy, even when you know full well, because you're so familiar with the movie, that it's coming, still it's worth laughing. I, I appreciate that. So maybe I just here's need the, to here's watch the, more. Here's the worst part <laughs> of of dealing with this movie is that, and I just I say that lightly, it's the worst part. There's a little bit of Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy in all of us. I mean, <laughs> I it may look completely... in the two of you. Then. Well, they can't, it, that may look completely <laughs> over the top of the people. It may look completely over the top, that piano coming down the steps, but how many times has some element of that happened to us? Oh, yeah. Um, and where you, the door was unlocked. You could have went around to the back instead of dragging it up the steps. How many times? It. You You've could... been walking around with your car keys in your hand, hunting for your car keys. Or looking for your hat. Or so you leave was... your mocha on top of your car as you drive down the road. <laughs> or you wear the wrong hat. Yeah. <laughs> The hat humor in this, I say, was actually some of the best in it. A lot of good the, hat now, stuff. If I could just get on a soapbox for a moment here. Yeah, get on it. One Hold of the on, biggest. One of the, one. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. One of the <laughs> biggest issues with Laurel and Hardy is sort of the, and, and actually with a lot of that roach material that's out there, is the difficulty of seeing it. Now, it's a little easier now than it has been because uh, Turner Classic Movies will run a Laurel and Hardy festival at least once a year. But as far as, as their release on home video here in the States... These films, like like the the music box, um, just are not available easily. Um, the company that owns them put out two DVDs in like the past five or six years, and neither of them are of very good quality. And then they just kind of like went eh, and gave up on it. Meanwhile, over in England, uh, Universal got the had the rights to the library to the Laurel and Hardy Library, and they put out this beautiful box set of like twenty four DVDs, I think including every single film from this era, from the sound era, and a lot of the silent ones. Uh, and they're all restored, and they're just beautiful. Do you have this? I do. You do. <laughs> yeah. You the do. problem with it, of course, is that it is a Region 2 set, 
rather than region one and region two discs will not play easily on american machines so you can get this set but then you got to buy a special machine to be able to play it and it's a real shame that in the country that they were made so popular in their films are not easily available Okay, well, I'll maybe, get down. Well, maybe can... long. You know what? I'm willing to open my mind. This and, is and coming watch a from little more. Well, can I ask one more, one thing real quick about? It seems like when I was a kid, the independent station in Indianapolis, Indiana, used to run Laurel and Hardy and Three Stooges all the time, and it makes me wonder if it wasn't all out of. Uh, beyond copyright, was it in public no, domain? No, no, no. It's still, no they're, they're still under copyright. They made a lot of money for television, but though. yeah, they they yeah. were. Um, I mean, one thing about Roach is they would they would license almost anybody to show their films, which has caused some problems for for finding good material now. But uh, yeah, Laurel and Hardy were shown a lot on television in the fifties and sixties and seventies. I don't remember them being on television around here when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean they they fill them in. They use it for like afternoon fillers because mm-hmm. they were all twenty minutes. It was perfect. You know, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it as a I kid. Do re- I remember when I was that a little kid, this is one of the very first, you know, motion picture images that I remember seeing is the music box. The piano going down. I do. That has and and I remember my mom. She couldn't watch it. She she just couldn't handle it. The piano going down it's the stairs. So stressful. It handle. is. Uh, but. There's no way that you can't see this controlled comedy and violence and and not kind of want to watch it. Well, and know? for me, I have to I have to once again invoke my father. Uh, he was the one. He brought a projector home from school, and he went down to the library and brought home a 16 millimeter print of Busy Bodies, which is uh, Laurel and Hardy working in a movie, sawmill. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> see, you just say I you just, just say sawmill and Laurel Hardy, yeah. and all of a sudden, it's, and it is <laughs> it is again. It's, I say just anything watched with it. Laurel and Hardy. Go ahead, say. Uh, uh, um, Lauren Hardy uh, and operating room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it saw uh, the busybodies is again every bit as good as this one. In fact, I actually it's much more of a favorite to me than this one is. Um, and I just watched it the other day when I was going to New York, and it's <laughs> See, just that's a, a testament. Screen. That really means something. As many movies as you've seen, George, mm. for heaven's sake, it's uh, it's close to ten million now, is it not? Ten I mean, million, the largest, five. Yeah, the we're, largest we're going frame way up there. George, since we've been off, George has watched a lot of movies. Yeah, what else? Are Our man from the Library the of Congress keeps mm. the keeps the material coming. That's right. So I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to give it a second chance. For me, I, I fall, I sag a little in the middle part of the rules, but it definitely creates. Well, we the know, world. remember those rules. You know that rule number four. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's someone who can get you something for that sag. I think if you go to the <laughs> drugstore, they got a, a belt a or something. Something for that. <laughs> so let's consider all of these things. And uh, the film guys think it's pretty, and this is our uh, uh, our our entree. Into a, a genre that we're going to, or, or a, you know, a, a, a pair world, of artists, a, wor- a world that we will surely learn more world. about. And yeah. I am going to try my best to uh, to leave my mind open. Well, we will and, guide uh, you forward on this. Will you? Mm-hmm. We got some real Blake Foreign movies coming up. You can you know, <laughs> I'll like, transfer in that. You'll if be you want crying to. for more Laurel and Hardy. You'll be saying, "Please give me more Laurel." Can we not have the comedy duos back, please? Well, gentlemen, we're coming near the end of our time for this brand new so pleased to go back in production edition of filmically perfect on 91.3 wyso and uh, on that note i want to know you know um we've been getting a lot of nice fan mail a lot of people writing to us from uh, several locations around the globe and we invite everyone to uh, take a moment and touch back right to film guys at perfectmovie.net you can find full archives of all the shows we've done thus far including this one right there at perfectmovie.net right to the guys film guys at 
perfectmovie.net. You can write to us. Uh, check the WYSO website at wyso.org. You can find us at npr.org. There's a lot of ways to connect. We certainly hope that you do. Gentlemen, we got a lot of rabbits in this hat yet, so we'll meet you back here next week. Wahoo! Thanks so Wahoo. much! Wahoo. Bye-bye, Bye, George! Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.